Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to Episode 21, Sustaining Your Mindfulness Practice. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm loving talking about mindfulness this month. I know. I've had so many people tell me they're really enjoying um, hearing about it, and I'm really glad we waited a little bit to kind of get some listeners and get people interested in the topic. And now they like, you know, can be a little bit more expert about the the topic. Mm -hmm. And I really think, what do you think? I was thinking this last episode when we were recording, we could probably do this again later in the year and just talk about all new aspects of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to run out of topics. And then I'm like, no, No. (laughs) it fits in your life everywhere. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to today because I think, I mean, I think it's going to help me and you sustaining your mindfulness practices. That's where me and Lauren are. I mean, so, um, every day is going to be you trying again and starting again. And there have been times where my practice has been totally on point and there have been times with my practice completely fell off. So, just know we're in the same boat as you. And these are just ways that we really try to sustain our own practices too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you didn't yet listen to the previous episode on obstacles, give that a listen after this, because we kind of touch upon sustaining a little bit yeah. as far as habits. So the first place that I have like written down that's that's helpful to me is because I'm a bookworm is my, like what I would call continuing education. Um, I, first of all, audiobooks are life to me. Like, I feel like if I hear it, it's somehow is seeping in through my ears into my brain and it stays better or something. But late, like since the pandemic hit, I've listened to so many audiobooks and so many good ones about mindfulness and meditation and just picked up so many things that I didn't know and that I use now in my practice. And so there's tons of books, there's tons of audiobooks, there's, you know, it's, it's learning, it's continued learning. Would you agree? Is that, I mean, I know that's how you are. You're like a sponge of books and resources, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. I love that, that way of keeping it sustained and going because you could think of it as, as a lifelong hobby, like mm-hmm. something that you just really love learning about and enjoy the process of researching something that has nothing to do with, with your work or anything else, but just you and your life and your mind and your nervous system. And I think diving in that way is really great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely always in a course or reading something or listening to something. So, and it's almost one of those things, I guess this, it's like this with anything, but the more you get to know about it, the more fascinating and rich the information is the deeper you go with your knowledge. And I think learning about the neuroscience of it, I mean, 
I think it's so fascinating what they know about how it affects um, the body from a scientific standpoint now that, I mean, if you needed any nudge to start practicing, just listen to some of the science and you'll be like, oh my gosh, where's this been all my life? (laughs) Well, what I love about my exploration of mindfulness and meditation has been how many different like niches there are. Mm, yes. So like, okay. So let's say you are really like in the weeds with parenting right now. Mm-hmm. And so mindfulness really appeals to you because you think it would help you perhaps be a better parent. And so that's kind of your journey. But then like th- there are books and books and books and resources just for mindful parenting. Mm-hmm. So you can go down a whole learning rabbit hole and hone your parenting skills around mindfulness. Same thing with sleep or anxiety or back problems or whatever it is, there's research surrounding how mindfulness affects it and how you can better understand it for yourself if that's something you're really focused on. Yes. Yeah. You can apply it to any season, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, I think about like, if you're having trouble sleeping and I mean, mindfulness can easily be incorporated into your nightly routine. If you're listening to like a mindful meditation before bed, um, or you're creating like a meditation, just a normal meditation in bed. So there's lots of ways it can pull into your life. And if, if it just comes in as one area, like I'm just going to focus on sleep and you really like start learning about that, you'll surprise yourself. And then of course, I think it always bleeds into other areas of your life, of course. But I know people that specifically started mindfulness meditation because they wanted to be a better leader or, you know, at work and that's what led them. And so now they are really experts on how you incorporate mindfulness at work. Just like that. Yeah. And all of those moments matter too. So like whether you started it for leadership or for sleep and it's evolved into something else, it's not just the formal practice that matters. It's all the little moments throughout the day that you're applying the techniques and, and really the state of mind, it all matters to the neuro, the, the plasticity of your brain. And so I love that you can just practice it all day, really 10 times a day in different scenarios. Well, and that's a good point. Like, one of the things to sustaining your practice is figuring out, it's finding that it does fit in all over the place. It doesn't have to be what so many people picture and that's sitting on some pretty cushion with candles lit. I mean, if I could set myself up every time to do that, I would totally be down for that. But time and real life don't always account for that. So sometimes that's in my car while I'm at the grocery store before I go in, you know, Um, and i do a five minute meditation and then I hit the grocery store. So you start to learn and adapt and kind of roll with it and place it in your life where, where it fits and it might be all day long. I know. Yeah. I think that's really important because there, I feel like there's different personality types and there's also just different seasons of life, right? Like right now, the season I'm in, I have a formal practice at the same time every morning for 30 to 45 minutes but when my kids were young, no way Jose was that happening. And so my practice was not scheduled. It was not as formal. And it was usually in the pickup line when I was waiting in the long line for 10 minutes to get them after school. Or it would be sometime in the evening, you were just saying for sleep, I would, I would practice then. 
to get to bed because we, instead of watching TV, I would try to do a practice lying down. And so instead of forcing it into a season that you're in, can you look at where you are in your life and see what would work for you right now and not what you wish would happen or not what you wish it would look like, but like what's really going on for you right now and where can you, where can you invite mindfulness into life as it is? meeting yourself where you're at. That's what I, yeah. Like don't try to shove some, that's so such great advice. Don't try to shove it in because it's not going to work. It's like at all, but there are certain places that where, you know, I mean, I have a girlfriend and she's like, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I meditate in the bathtub and I'm like, that's a wonderful place to meditate. No one's going to bother you usually in there for the most part. Um, and so that's what she does. And, but it's a consistent practice. And I'm like, I told her, I said, the consistency is all that matters. Yeah. Time, place, day, time of day, none of that matters. Just doing yeah. it and being consistent with it. Um, so that's, it's great advice to take a step back and kind of see where it would fit in for you because mm-hmm. it looks very different. Don't, don't feel like you try because y'all want to know something real honest the meditation coach in me wants to be like Lauren and sit for 30 or 45 minutes a day. That's like what my go-getter type A personality tells me. But that what she just said is true for me. That's not the season I'm in. That's not the season of life. When my kids are a little older and things are a little more square, then I'll be able to do that. But that's not right now. And so I don't beat myself up about that. I just fit it in where it belongs and we keep rolling. And like I said, sometimes that's my kids seeing me do it, doing it and them learning the behavior that we don't interrupt someone and being respectful. Didn't always start like that, but we've learned that from each other. So if you have young kids or you're in a crazy season where things just seem really upheaval, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's actually probably better to just embrace that and figure out where, where it can work. And I think what you said about the consistency is so vital. Like if you meditated for 45 minutes every Saturday, it honestly wouldn't do that much. Yeah. Cause having, seven days of life in between that, it's just, it's not, it's not effective. But if you figured out for your life as it looks today, how you can pop in a few moments throughout the day here and there, but you did that every day, there are studies that show that that is what creates lasting change instead of sitting down for even an hour once a week. It's just not, that's not how it works. We need the consistency more frequently even if it's less time for any of it, any of it to really take effect. So I think that gives people some breathing room too. Like you might have this goal of like, okay, someday I want to be able to sit for that long, but it's like forcing the square peg into the round hole, you know? Um, And instead being more fluid with it and be like, what can I do today? What can I realistically do right now? Yeah. And just like what I said, don't compare yourself to others. Right. I mean, I, I struggle with that too, but it it doesn't help you because they're not in your shoes. Right. And so if you force against that and you try to be somebody else or try to replicate what we're doing or what Lauren's doing, it's never going to work. This, this is your practice. It's a very, very private practice. It really right. is. Like you said about it's really no one's business before. It's right. because 
it's just a private practice. Um, so this is funny. I, when I practice my daily, like incorporated practice is, and this is how I have to do it to avoid any kind of bias on social media. I wake up, I go to the bathroom and then I sit on the couch and I start my meditation. And I usually do in the mornings, a 10 minute meditation. Um, and I love gratitude practice and I usually journal after for a second, but I don't do anything else. I cannot open my, if I even look at my phone after I go to the bathroom, I never meditate. So the big trick for me, and I'm way more of a novice than Lauren is, is never letting any of the outside in before I meditate. So it's like I'm in this bubble, this little cocoon, and I'm just waking up and I'm going to go to the couch. I'm going to do my meditation. And then I start my day. And I try, I try really hard to not look at social media for another like 30 minutes or 30 or 45 minutes. Um, and that really helps too. So it's like everything I did, I kind of want to like marinate on it and let it sink. So what I try to do is go to the bathroom, sit, do my meditation, and then go for a walk. So it's like I've absorbed it and now I'm, or I've done it and I'm going to let it absorb. That really works for me. And when I don't do that, I can tell a difference. And because I've done it so consistently and I just do it. I think that's wonderful. You know, if we're turning on our phone before we even sit up in bed in the morning, the outside world is just flooding us oh. with headlines and look at this and look at that and comparisons and things that jack up our stress hormones. I mean, it is not a healthy way to start the day for anybody. And yet so many of us do it. You know, it's, it's, I would say most people start the day then don't. And I mean, if you want to start a life-changing yeah. practice, exactly what Misty said, don't turn the phone on until 45 minutes after waking up, like wake up, take a pee, get some water, <laughs> sit for 10 minutes, and yeah. then give yourself a little breathing room before you turn on your phone, do that for a month and just take note of how different you'll feel. I guarantee it. Yeah. It, it makes a huge difference and it, every day that you do it, it just builds that muscle and it makes yeah. it more of a thing that you do. And then what I find is if I am like, I don't know, moving slow for whatever reason. And then like, because I'm moving slow, like then I see my phone and I look at it and it goes downhill and then the kids are up and I miss my meditation window. I kind of feel like disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I did, like I didn't care for myself. Right. And I think everyone will agree right now. It is uber important that we are all taking care of ourselves mentally and physically, like mm -hmm. more so than it ever has been before. Um, especially because a lot of us don't have access to gyms or, you know, a lot of things. And so we have to be more mindful about how we're physically getting our exercise and how mindful, you know, how we're working our mind. And so for me, 2020 and all of the quarantine and everything really got me to a place of just getting in that good repetition. That's literally, yeah. I would say one of the best things that came out was getting rid of the social media in the morning and the phone and getting into that tiny, you know, it's, it takes me like 20 minutes to do all of that and get out the door to walk, but I feel a ton better. Yeah. I think we let a lot of things get in the way of it. Um, 
that was really my priority for 2020 also. And I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to prioritize it because, you know, when we think of all the things that can get in the way of taking care of ourselves, do all of those things really need to happen right then? No, we put fires on things that are like small, low level tasks, but we tell ourselves it needs to be done right then. And that we'll get to taking care of ourselves later. Nobody in the world, unless it's something actually major that needs to be taken care of, is going to notice if we get back to something a few hours later than our own head said we should have. You know what I mean? And we have to really, for real, reframe how important it is to tend to our own mind and body and make a conscious effort to say, no, actually, those emails are not more important than my state of mind and my mental stability and moving my body. No, not much is more important than that even stuff with family. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I started testing, like, can I do this later with you guys? Or can I have this time to myself right now? No one cares. And I am a thousand times a better mom when I prioritize myself. Yep. It's, I think everybody has got to get good. Um, if you're in close quarters with the boundaries, like we've discussed before and you I told my girlfriend yesterday, you're the only person that's going to speak up about your wellness and your health. You're it. No one's fighting for you behind the scenes. And mindfulness and meditation are a part of your health. Mm -hmm. So you must make it an active, important thing for you to do. Your family and others will see that too. And they love you. They want things to be like successful for you. So if they see that you're committed to it, they're more likely to support you. And then eventually they're going to see some great rewards. And I'll just tell you, should you start meditating and you, you start feeling some benefits, there's no need to go preach the gospel. That's what my mom would say of meditation, because simply doing it shows others and others will understand. I've Mm -hmm. seen it in my own house. Um, I've seen it with friends around me. I've never told them anything about it. I simply practice it. Um, And so be the light. That's what I tell my girls, you know, be the light, be the one that starts it in your family. Be the mom that says, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to sit with my thoughts and I'm going to start doing this for myself. And then it just becomes a thing and it's your thing, but it is great for everybody else too. It's like win-win. Totally. So what is everyone's practice today? Everyone's practice today. And I'm going to give one more option for sustaining practice because it could lead into everyone's practice. As much as this is a solo journey, it can also really help to have an accountability buddy. Yes. So if you're starting out with a friend and you are both interested in it. It can help to, to text each other and just check in with how the practice is going or say you want to practice mindful walking outside with a friend in silence. Mindful walking can be normal pace. It doesn't have to be super slow, Um, but it can help to have somebody on the journey with you. If you're into that, I'm more of a solo flyer. It's just, I'm an only child and I just prefer that on some of my journeys, but some people love, um, love having a buddy. And so maybe that'll work for you. And so not to say that 
you can't have a buddy and this has to be solo. I think um, a partner can be really special on the journey. I think you're, I'm so glad you interjected with that because I'm, I am a solo person, but I also really appreciate the community that I have personally on Instagram. Um, I've really whittled it to people that support the same, you know, just kindness, spread love and kindness and be good people, be your best version of yourself and hold each other accountable um, and be real, you know, and I think that um, there are a lot of people that try to copy things and make pretty pictures. And I love content on Instagram as much as the next person, but I always like to think when I'm looking at stuff, like, can't, like we're talking about it, can I walk the walk? And that's just you, you know, that's, that's you looking in the mirror and saying, can I do this? And you can do this. Um, but if you need a buddy, that's the best. Lauren was my buddy when I first started and I couldn't have started without her. Um, and now it just is a part of me, which is crazy. I don't even remember when I didn't meditate, which seems weird. I never, ever thought I would say that. I never thought I would say that. That's really weird to say. So, and you guys, I'm like little West Texas, born and raised meditation might as well been like the furthest thing from anybody in my town's mind, you know, when I was growing up. And so I'm happy that it came into my life the way it did. And so I'm happy to share with everybody through this podcast. So um, if you need a friend, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's under Misty Anderson Yoga. And I am happy through DMs or whatever to help you with your practice, support you in any way. Um, if you're a listener, you mean a ton to me. And you can find us, find me on social media. And I'm happy to help in any way I can. I love that. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So how to sustain, right? Here's our, our homework for you guys. So of everything we've said, um, what are some ways that you could sustain practice? Whether it's getting a buddy, a mindfulness meditation buddy, um, whether it's figuring out what season of life you're in. Are you going to have a formal practice at the same time every day? Or are you going to grab it where you can a few times a day? Um, what else did we say? Maybe pick up a book, an oh, audio book, yes. something, something to challenge you. Maybe um, we have a course through Mindfulness Project. Mm -hmm. um, Lauren, I think you have a course. Lauren has workshops. Mm -hmm. There's tons of continued education. Huh. And it's, and like I said, if, if that is, if sleep is your bugaboo and you then look up mindfulness for sleep and I guarantee mm -hmm. you'll find a ton of practices to support your practice and get you going. Yeah, really. I think writing some intentions around it, like how am I going to sustain this or how am I going to start it if you're brand new, but I would write some intentions around it. Here's what I'm going to do. And your why, like you said, yeah. What's your why? Why do you, and I'd keep that really close to yourself. Like, why do I want to practice mindfulness? I think in everything in our life, knowing your why is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and mindfulness, I think, especially because you're not going to see these great fruits of your labor for a while. And so reminding yourself why you're doing it, um, you know, that keeps you going every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The why and the trusting that it's, it's very healing 
to the body in many ways from inflammation to, you know, chronic stress. So I think the why, and then learning a little bit about what it's doing to you, I think is, is great. It kind of, for me, it like solidifies the practice. Um, so yeah, so spend some time figuring out how to sustain, what are you going to do? Um, write down some solid steps, get real with it for yourself and just start to make a little plan. Yeah. And if you, um, haven't listened to the other podcasts along the way, um, we have some good ones in there that will also help. I mean, this podcast is a great way to support your, you know, and there's other podcasts like this. So there's people to encourage you and support you in your mindfulness journey. And we're glad that you're here with us. Yes. Yeah. I think in closing, just continue to surround yourself with inspiration has been really huge for me and my own journey. Surround yourself with the right people and the right information and just let that lift you up. Me too. I agree. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.